guys. Welcome back to the Forking Wellness Podcast. My name is Barry Strickoff, Registered Dietitian. And I'm Sophie Bertrand, Registered Nutritionist, and we are the authors of the Forking Wellness book and obviously the Forking Wellness Podcast. Each week we sit down and we discuss all things health and wellness from debunking diet myths to nutrition information, lifestyle factors, etc. Stick with us while we try and work out what the Fork Wellness really is. I don't even know what we do. This week, we are sponsored by Volcano Coffee, an independent South London coffee roaster launched in 2010. The founder's from New Zealand and wanted to bring the great tasting coffees he had growing up to the UK while supporting the livelihoods of the communities who grow and support it. All the coffees are hand roasted, so you can get beans, ground coffee, and pods, and they're available to buy online and in coffee shops. This delicious coffee is served in the best independent cafes and restaurants across the UK, including River Cafe, Claridge's, and Nobu. Coffee is ethically sourced. Farmers are actually paid over double fair trade, and it's a carbon neutral company in the process of becoming a B Corp. It's the first specialty coffee brand to launch biodegradable pods in the UK, and they are a two-time Great Taste Award winner. And we can vouch for it because we have both tried, and it's absolutely delicious, although... I think Barry being the ultimate coffee fiend. Will, yeah, as will a coffee connoisseur, yeah. I can honestly <laughs> say that it is delicious. And I have just put it in my um, bean to cup machine and the beans are fire. And I literally love the fact that it is the first coffee brand to launch biodegradable pods. I think that's incredible. Absolutely. So if you guys want to try Volcano Coffee, then head to their website and use code ForkingWellness20 in all capitals and get 20% off your order. Hey guys, welcome back to the Forking Wellness podcast. This week we are going to be answering a few questions, but they all kind of tie in nicely together and basically talk about why healthy might sound like it's complicated or might feel complicated and yeah. Yeah, we get um, like a few different questions, like from different ways, like our Facebook group, email mm-hmm. and our personal DMs. So, like sometimes things do get lost, but we kind of like picked out the three questions that we felt like kind of encompassed the things that we see the most. Um, so I do apologize if your question didn't get answered, but hopefully we can answer it within the context of these questions. And yeah, just continue to submit your questions to us. Yeah, definitely keep sending them in because they always give us ideas for new topics and we do try and answer as many as we can, if not directly in an indirect way as well. So hopefully this episode is helpful. Yeah, and just to right before we get into it, there's actually three of us on the podcast today because (laughs) we are having a forking baby. I posted that on my story and Mark was like, I don't get it. I was like, Forking Wellness is having a bubble. Yeah, and I felt like we were really united. Because <laughs> I was like, yeah. Barry's in this journey with me. <laughs> and then I was like, are people going to think that I... I was just like, I don't know if that came across well, but I'm no, glad I that didn't, you No, I received it. it in the best way possible. I was okay. like really touched by it. <laughs> Fabulous. We're having a Forking baby. Yeah. It still feels so surreal. Like, it feels more real now that I've, like, told everyone because it's literally been a secret for, like, what feels like forever. And I feel like everyone else was announcing it like 12 weeks and I waited like a bit longer Mm. so yeah I'm pleased that it's out and it still feels very surreal but I'm very very excited so exciting you're gonna do a live on your page for anyone by the time this is out I already would have done it but it will be (laughs) yeah so 
if you are interested in hearing more about um, Sophie's pregnancy and her journey with that, then definitely go check that out on her page. Um, and then if you guys want us to do something on the podcast, just let us know. Happy, happy to interview you. Um, <laughs> shall we get right into it? Let's go. Okay. So the first question is, what supplements and what supplements are necessary and when should I be taking them? I love this question. We get it all the time, don't we? Mm -hmm. So I'll just start off by saying if you are eating a well-balanced diet and you, you know, you're not being restrictive in any way, you're eating three meals a day or, you know, six small meals, whatever your jam is, you probably don't need to, (laughs) (laughs) you probably don't need to supplement. However, um, there are some cases where you will need to supplement. So should we go into them? Yeah, I think we've answered this question on a previous episode, but it keeps keeps coming up. So I'm glad that we're readdressing it now because I do think it is so confusing because it's like, oh, if you eat healthy, then like, or you eat a well-balanced diet, you don't really need to supplement except X, Y, Z. And it gets like kind of muddled. So many like supplement companies now, like so many. I know. And they're always like, we're better than all the rest. Mm -hmm. And then you've got like the typical like vitamin C vitamin d b12 or whatever but then you've got like hair supplements skin supplements collagen supplements yes exactly even my dad the other day messaged me um and he has like issues with his back and he was like i'm just gonna throw this person on the bus i don't know who they are but he was just like in america they don't have such thing as a nutritionist Mm -hmm. um and uh, it was like a clinical nutritionist when he was dealing with them for work and they got into a conversation blah 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 he was like a customer at my dad's um and he's like oh you should take hyaluronic acid supplement for his joints like his um back and then he messaged me and I was like oh dad like (laughs) talk to your doctor like yeah it was like hyaluronic acid it's one of those things like collagen like if you take a supplement like you do not know where that supplement is going to go in your body Mm -hmm. um so hyaluronic acid is good for like lubrication and it's good for like keeping things like um how to explain it like i I picture it like well like well hydrated yeah and like (laughs) lubricated yeah um which can help with like joints and stuff because what actually he has is that his two vertebrae are like almost like compacted like sit really close so they need Mm -hmm. to be like separated a bit so the clinical nutritionist said take a hyaluronic acid supplement so I looked into it for him because I actually have never really come across that as like an oral supplement Um, and I was like you know dad like there's really no good evidence like take it if if it makes you feel better but like I wouldn't like hold it as gospel there's no like negatives and I was like talk to your doctor first because they can actually give you like a local injection of it which will be better because when you take these supplements, you have no idea where they're going. So it's like those hair supplements that are like collagen for your hair. And it's like you take that supplement, you have no idea that that collagen that you're ingesting, one, is going to survive your digestive system, and then two, is going to go to your hair follicles. And they are the most expensive types of supplements as well. Whereas if you just wanted like a vitamin C, Mm -hmm. you can get it pretty cheap. Granted, a lot of people don't need a vitamin C supplement because it's water soluble and your pee might be a little bit more neon. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, like much better eating fruits and veg. Um, But yeah, the the collagen and hair supplements or whatever, they are so, so expensive. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's a great marketing tool. Mm -hmm. Like, 
Unfortunately, I mean, I would love there to be some research that taking collagen gives you like the silkiest hair and Mm. the plumpest skin. Like that would be amazing. But unfortunately, we don't have that research. So I completely agree. And you know what? Collagen is an interesting one because like there is like some really, really small scale studies that have shown very minute like benefits but mm-hmm. you know you always have to look at who funded the study just look at it i was gonna say i think a lot of the results are anecdotal as well exactly. which is great like if you feel you're gaining benefit from it then by all means keep doing it it's not going to cause you any harm but um yeah exactly and a lot of them don't control for other lifestyle things like what else have you changed in your lifestyle exactly. while you've been taking the supplement so we do not have any conclusive research to say that like collagen supplements are good for your hair your nails your skin your gut even mm-hmm. um that's when they like to throw around a lot um in your immune system and things like that um as soon as we do have that research i'm sure we'll all know about it oh, well, i'll be taking collagen every day yeah as soon as <laughs> look the youngest version of myself exactly um so, yeah, so I guess that's one of the ones that you don't need. Yeah. Um, and I do remember in the last one, I think we said, like, you can't supplement yourself healthy. So mm-hmm. if you're not living or you're not eating a well-diverse range of foods and you're not getting in your nutrients, like, just by taking a multivitamin doesn't mean that, like, oh, I'm in quote, like, healthy. I, I We hate throwing that word around, but, like, we don't have an alternative. But yeah. You know, you can't out-supplement a bad diet. And it's like, if you're taking collagen because you feel like you want your hair to be silky or your skin to be better, maybe just look at your overall diet. Maybe you could add in some more fruits and vegetables and drink some more water and, you know, have some more protein because collagen is a protein. You might or get well a really just... nice shampoo and conditioner. Maybe that's yeah. something to do with your nutrition. <laughs> There's so many different things that it could be. And just adding something in that you think is going to be this miracle probably isn't the answer. Exactly. Um, Yeah, completely agree. So what are some of the supplements that we do need to consider or the nutrients that we need to consider? Okay, so my top one always is omega-3. And Mm -hmm. I think if you're not eating oily fish like salmon, mackerel, sardines, um, or you're not making an absolute effort as a vegan to eat things like flaxseed, walnuts, etc. every day, then omega-3 supplements are absolutely essential i agree so omega-3s are what we call like um essential um essential nutrients meaning that we can't produce them within our body Mm -hmm. so we have to rely on food sources to get them and if you don't like those food sources or don't have access to them which is like super common so like oily fish like you said like um certain nuts seeds chia seeds um flaxseed things like that if you don't like those or don't have access to them or you just don't really fancy trying to add them into your diet every day maybe they're just not on your top kind of favorite food list yeah exactly so we can't produce them so we do need to rely on them externally so i would definitely you know talk to your gp um everyone's situation is different um but it's definitely one to consider yes for sure others um i think more so if you're on a vegan diet it's more necessary to supplement B12 would be one because again unless you're making an absolute effort every day to drink fortified milk or add nutritional yeast to your food then a B12 supplement is also going to be necessary yeah but I would argue do not take a B12 supplement without getting tested for your B12 levels in your blood because actually B12 has a really long half-life so for example I 
I mean, I got mine tested about a year and a half ago and I was absolutely fine. And I had not eaten meat at that point for maybe 10 years. Yeah, but Um, you eat a lot of eggs and yogurt and stuff like that. So yeah, so you do get it in, but it also like out of all the nutrients, it's stored in your body for the longest. So before you rush to a supplement, just make sure you do get tested because even Mm -hmm. if you aren't eating a ton, you might still be eating enough. Yeah, if you're just like a dedicated vegan and have been for a while, and like I said, aren't making an effort to have those fortified foods, then it's definitely worth testing. Yeah, yes, definitely. And even if you do eat meat um, or foods that are high in B12, you can still become deficient. So in order to digest B12, we need something called intrinsic factor. And um, it's really common for people not to produce enough or for theirs not to be working properly. It's, you know, part of the intestine, um, not actually your stomach. So um, it is quite common for people with like other gut issues to have their intrinsic factor affected. But again, like just get a simple blood test, like just Mm -hmm. get a blood test and ask them to test your B12 um, before you jump to supplements again, because they're really expensive. Yeah. Um, Also, another essential one is vitamin D. If you are in the UK, you'll know that from months October to March, we are all expected to supplement. Um, And I mean, being that we're in a country that doesn't see much sunlight anyway, I I know we do have a... Yeah, exactly. And we're in lockdown at the moment. It might just be worth taking it all year round for some people if you don't get outside enough. Um, Some people have argued with me before that, oh, actually, I get it from my food, like egg yolks, etc., the studies that have been done actually show that it's not enough. Mm. So yeah. I would just say be safe and supplement with a vitamin D. Yeah, I agree. Um, I actually like I'm interested to because I didn't supplement over the summer because I just like that's like in my routine. Like, oh, just I didn't, I didn't either. But I do make an effort to get outside every day. And we actually had a pretty decent summer this year in terms yeah. of the weather. See, I, yeah, I completely agree. I just do wonder, like, with the effects of lockdown, like, in certain areas, if that actually affected people's mm-hmm. vitamin D um, levels, just speculating, interesting. Um, but, yeah, and now you could also get, like, if you don't like pills, then you can get those, like, um, sprays, you know what yeah. I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. The oral sprays are just, like, they're, like, um, I don't know. Did you have those sour sprays when you were younger? Like, candy? No. Oh, oh I, I hated anything like that. That's what they remind <laughs> me of, because we used to have these, like, sour sprays, like, I don't know, anyways. Um, yeah, so if you don't like pills, then you can get the um, the sprays. But just be careful when you go, because I went, actually, to the, the health food store recently to get more vitamin D, and I'm such a bitch, because sometimes I just like to ask questions that I know the answer of, because I'm literally just curious to the knowledge of the I people who are working there. places like Holland and Barrett. That's where I was. Uh, <laughs> and I'm actually such a bitch. But I was like, oh, like, I heard I should be taking vitamin D. How much should I actually be taking? And he tried to sell me on the 30 international units, like 30,000 international units a pill. And I was just like, but I haven't even told you if I was deficient in it. Like, mm. you don't know what I eat. Like, they were pushing such a heavy dose. And obviously, it's more expensive. So just, like, be yeah. a bit, like, you don't need the mega dose. Like, mega doses are prescribed by doctors. Um, you can get them over the counter as well. But mainly, those are to correct deficiencies. But if yeah. you are not deficient, if you kind of just, like, eat 
you know, foods that have vitamin D in it and you top up with the supplement in the winter during those months where we don't have sunlight is very rare that you're going to need a mega dose. So just, you know, just be careful when you go to the store. And yeah, that's my two cents. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Any other supplements that you feel would be necessary? Um, I think for vegans, it is a bit more, it is a bit trickier things like calcium iodine things like that are just less likely to be found in the food so I just think you need to make like a bit of an extra effort Mm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to supplement Um, and then obviously people um, women of childbearing age and women who want to get pregnant or are thinking about pregnancy um, need to obviously make sure they're taking enough uh, folic acid and iron yeah definitely I would say if you're planning a baby or trying for a baby to start taking a prenatal now have you noticed that your prenatal helped with your hair and nails like out of curiosity Mm, I mean at the beginning I felt like my head was like wasn't getting as greasy so I was like washing it every three days instead of every two days but I've gone back to every other day now because I just feel cleaner when I wash it more often I wouldn't say it's like thicker or anything I'd say it's in good condition. Yeah. But in all honesty, especially like with my, I wouldn't say my nails are like amazing, but I guess like we're in winter and, you know. Yeah. And no, I'm just like, out of curiosity, because I used to work with a dietitian who used to swear by taking like a prenatal, like even if you're not qualified in that qualification. Well, to take originally a as well, in my first trimester, I was taking, so we're advised to take 400 um, milligrams, micrograms. <laughs> Um, of folic acid I was taking 800 in my first trimester um, just because the prenatal that I had had that much in yeah and I wanted one with iodine in as well and the one that I found just happened to have more folic acid and I was like I did some research and there's no harm in going up that high so we're actually the country out of here America and Australia that that's like the lower end I think Australia is 600 and America might be 800 yeah, it's really interesting. Actually, the prenatal recommendations vary from country to country and mm. not only in the supplementation, but in the foods you can eat as well. Yes. So things like Japan, like they they laugh at us for thinking that you have to avoid certain fish mm-hmm. um, and things like that. And, you know, every culture kind of has their own different recommendations and things like that. But it is interesting that like, oh, you would never eat a fish with mercury like while you're pregnant. Um that's like ingrained in us Mm -hmm. and in other cultures they think that's ridiculous and they're encouraged to do it because there's so many other nutrients so it is quite confusing yeah um but yeah so like I was taking more folic acid than probably needed in the first trimester and oh again I did just say I felt like it it was better in the first trimester (laughs) maybe I should go back to taking more yeah but I mean you're not you're I mean it's not the first trimester is the most important for folic acid um preconception so yeah definitely I don't normally prenatal out with 400 in. there you go amazing <laughs> um and then yeah did I say thiamine before or iodine for vegan? you said iodine okay good and then I just yeah. like had a brain fart that I was like did I just say thiamine? yeah I was like I hope you didn't say that <laughs> no, me neither. and then I just got really nervous um no I'm glad I said the right thing that's that's nice when that happens yeah. um what else I think that's really, I think it's really it unless you have like a medical reason to Yeah, I was going to say, if you're ever worried or 
say if you do have a problem with your joints maybe you might be advised to take things like magnesium or you know fish oils or whatever it might be but just never start taking a load of supplements based on what you're reading on google always check your gp for ease and you know it's the cheapest way to do it or if you want to consult a dietitian or register nutritionist that is also a good option cool next question um next question this one came from our facebook group so um how do i know what is the best way of eating for me i think this is read the fucking honest book yeah (laughs) but i do understand like this is a really confusing topic because we are in the age of like not dieting but then like we'd almost don't give people who are chronic dieters another alternative solution Mm -hmm. besides like oh listen to your body but you know for someone who might be like coming off years and years of dieting and we're told don't diet maybe those people actually like then what the fork do I actually eat yeah I think some fundamentals that could apply to anyone in terms of trying to better their health and well-being are make an effort to eat a variety of fruits and vegetables five plus a day if you can um add some plant proteins into your diet don't just go for the meat ones all the time just purely because there is actually more nutrition in plant proteins like you know beans legumes lentils tofu there's more kind of micronutrients in those foods than there would be in say i don't know a piece of chicken (laughs) Um, and i'm not saying like don't eat meat and switch to veganism i'm saying just add in some more variety I do think a balanced plate is helpful. So think about your carbohydrates, your proteins, where are your essential fats, and then color as well. Try and eat colorful foods. Yeah. I think that that's just like a good starting point for like little tips if you are confused as to, okay, like what does healthy look like? Yeah, I think it actually might be helpful to like even start with like, what do you really enjoy eating? Mm. so maybe like make a list of foods that you enjoy and maybe let's make a list of foods that you don't enjoy but you're used to eating maybe because you know a certain diet told you or you think they're healthy and just trying to find out like what do you actually enjoy what does that look like what do you crave in the morning for breakfast what do you enjoy the most to eat for lunch dinner and then you can kind of have kind of like a backbone and then build in oh you know what it might actually be helpful to add in some extra color or that one that meal I could easily add in spinach and make it just Mm -hmm. a bit more diverse but I think when we're so used to be we're so used to eating based on external cues for so like what the diet says to eat or what maybe even your parents have given you even Mm -hmm. if you're kind of moving away from living at home I know when a lot of people go off to uni they're like what do I eat Mm-hmm. And it's because they've never had to make those decisions for themselves because food was always, you know, very gratefully put on the table for them. Um, and then you kind of just have to evaluate <laughs> what the fork do actually like to eat. And mm-hmm. then you can start building in, okay, I'm going to switch that with um, this and I'm going to add some lentils into that. And, you know, where are my essential fats for this meal? And, you know, I think I think it, it is easier when you have like a single starting point of like wake up in the morning what do you want for breakfast? Yeah. And actually think about when I eat this for breakfast, how do I feel afterwards? Like, did that make me feel really good and energized or like, am I still craving something else? 
like really think about how the food choices you're making are affecting your mood as well and your energy levels yeah for sure um yeah and I think that when you go from there you kind of just get into a better routine and then you'll your your choices will become a lot easier Mm -hmm. but I understand that it's hard yeah and it I was just about to say it does take particularly if you've been a chronic dieter for x amount of years you do have to let some of those walls down and let some of the rules go that you've been hanging on to which is so scary for some people and I think if you are really suffering and it's getting in the way of your day-to-day life please ask for help see a registered dietitian or a registered nutritionist talk to your mum talk to your friend you know just you don't have to pay for help you can just seek support but on the flip side of that, don't think, oh, my friend's doing this and she's on this diet. Maybe I'll try that. Yeah. It's, like oh, a it's such a mind. hard thing I to know. say. Because then it's also like you can just eat a meal and not think about it. Like you are absolutely just wake up. What do you have in the house? Bagel, eggs, whatever. Mm. And then you don't you don't always have to be like, oh, how do I feel after that? Like sometimes just like an intuitive eating moment is just like eating and not overthinking it and just like mm. eating and enjoying it and moving on. So I understand there's so many mixed messages out there. And this is why we've created this podcast, because there's there's so much noise in the sense of wellness and you know you just have to do what's good for you and it might be different than what your friend Sally does we always go back to Sally she's such a good friend sometimes Um, we like her sometimes we don't yeah (laughs) exactly she's like the annoying petulant friend slash crazy aunt um but you know I just think I don't know I think like sometimes you just have to look within actually and just be like why am I doing this what am I doing what do I enjoy it is really hard, actually, to sit down and do that. But it's what I often fish. tell my clients to do is when they come down for breakfast, picture like it could be anything like a stack of pancakes, something that they perceive as less healthy. And then let's say, I don't know, a fruit and yogurt bowl. And I'll be like, pretend that they have the exact same nutritional value, calorific content, everything. They literally are exactly the same. Which one would you go for? Yeah, And that kind of, they don't have to choose the one they really want, but it gets them thinking about what type of food is my body actually asking for right now. Mark and I play this game all the time, actually, like unrelated to this, but always at the end of the night, because he's like a big like evening snacker kind of person, be like, "Um, if everything was the same, like calories didn't exist, nutrition didn't exist, like an apple was equal to a scoop of ice cream, like what would you have right now? And he absolutely goes wild when I say nothing (laughs) like gets he's like you know you're not playing the game right and I'm like no no no. I literally just had dinner like 30 minutes ago and I'm really before dinner (laughs) I'm really satisfied he's like but seriously like nothing will change like everything is the same and everything is equal zero what would you eat right now and I'm like no 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 I'm really full I don't actually want anything he's like but what would you have? Like, it all doesn't matter. And I'm like, no, but I'm full. Yeah, like, nothing would, like, wants to go into my tummy right now. <laughs> I literally just ate the biggest meal of my life. And, like, what do you want for dessert? It's just, like, I don't want anything. Ask me in two hours. Yes. So sometimes, sometimes I actually wish that, like, oh, sorry, that was bad. Um, oh, God. Sorry. Um, yeah, sometimes I actually wish that, like, do you ever do this? Or am I just an absolute weirdo? That, like, you know, when you're so full... But then, like, you wish you had more room for more food. Yeah, of course. Can I think yeah. Okay, good. When the food's so like, good, I you don't so want to stop wanna eating. I so want to be able to fit more in my tummy right now. I just can't. That's when you just save it for later. 
Yeah. I was just wondering if it was just me. <laughs> yeah, of course. When you eat something that's so delicious, but you're, like, genuinely so full. Mm. I think that's, like, sign of a really good meal. Yeah. Or, like, when you're out to dinner and it's, like, you just ate an appetizer, a main meal, and then they're, like, do you want dessert? And it's, like, yeah, I do want dessert, mm. but physically, like, do I have enough room in my stomach? And then you have, like, a bite or two and you're, like, I would do anything to finish this yeah. but I feel like I'm gonna explode <laughs> and those moments are absolutely fine and those moments are part of like enjoying food and food is meant to be enjoyed just as much as it is meant to nourish you so mm-hmm. it's always striking that balance um and yeah I think if you if you feel that way about a certain meal like that is like to me make sure you put that on your weekly meal plan at least once a week like yeah. if, if you love a meal that much, like you should be eating it and enjoying it within reason. But Definitely. Or you can do what I do and like eat foods until you actually get so bored of them. Like with the whole knocky craze. Oh my god. <laughs> I haven't had it in so long. You probably won't have it till next summer as well. I know. I, I feel like it comes out once a year. <laughs> that um, is so funny. For real, our book gives you so much more detailed tools that you can use to identify what your version of healthy is yeah I completely agree um always plugging the book but it's not like we're just plugging the book like we wrote it for a reason and it kind yeah, of reflects believe in it. the forking wellness journey of like what the fork is health or like what the fork is wellness um and that's essentially the question that we got asked so um that kind of breaks everything down and gives you a really good roadmap for defining your version of wellness yeah and then the last question is I want to lose weight for my health but how do I do that without going on a diet again such a common question yeah I mean there's so many different ways to approach this because the non-diet nutritionist in me says put weight on the back burner focus on your health and a lot of the time because ideally we all want to be sitting at our set point and we've spoken about set point on the podcast before so do go back um, and listen if you are not clued up on the concept but if you are in any way trying to fight your set point you're always to a degree going to be on a diet you Mm -hmm. want to be able if you if you put your health first and you focus on like we said the foods that make you feel good that doesn't mean forgetting about nutrition. It means work, you know, figuring out what nourishes you and what makes you feel good. Your weight will fall into place. It might be a little bit higher. It might even be a little bit lower than you want to be sitting at. But again, like I said, if you're trying to fight that set point, you are to a degree always going to be on some sort of diet. And do you want to live your life like that? Or would you rather just accept that your body has this comfortable weight that allows you to eat, you know, what you want, those fun foods, those nutritious foods, and have that balance um did I sum that up okay (laughs) yeah I think you did really well and just to add like a different perspective because the job that I do I work with a lot of um like women who are maybe like in their 40s 50s a bit older and I find that they um tend to be a lot more motivated by weight loss than women our age or kind Mm -hmm. of younger um And they're more likely to be those chronic dieters. And maybe this doesn't resonate with the audience of our podcast because I'm pretty sure they're a lot younger than that. But for them, weight loss is really motivating. And when we try to explain to them to shift their views, even though they do, they still step on the scale because that to them is still a measure of success. 
um, in their perspective. And so I think my big takeaway is as long as you can understand that, you, you know, health should be the ultimate goal and that if you improve your health, your weight will go in the way of health mm-hmm. whether that means it increases whether that means it decreases like your weight will follow I fully you... believe that but I completely understand that you know telling it's hard because I don't believe it like I truly do believe like weight does not matter but I understand that for every individual that might not be their truth so I'm trying mm-hmm. to I don't know personally I'm trying to have like a a more not balanced view because my view is not changing, but I'm becoming a lot more understanding of others and you have to meet them halfway sometimes. And then, you know, through showing them how it's done, you know, a 99% of the time the women walk away and be like, you are right. Like it's not mm-hmm. about the weight, like the help, but in the beginning, sometimes, you know, it, I don't know. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I'm not. Yeah, and there's well. so many different elements to it because the hard truth is, if you are trying to maintain a weight that's lower than your set point, you are going to have to undereat to a degree. You might need to exercise a bit more than you're comfortable with, and that's just mm. the hard truth of it. But it's never, ever, ever going to be sustainable. You will get to a point, whether that's five months or five years down the line, where your body's like, I just cannot live like this anymore. And you're going to do some long-term damage, like slow down your metabolism in the long run. And so many clients that I've worked with now actually are able to eat more and sit at a more comfortable weight Mm -hmm. because their body has learned to use energy again. Whereas before, it's scared to use too much energy because it's like, well, when are you going to restrict again? And that's the truth. That is the truth. Yeah, I think it's interesting that your and I's jobs are like on the different end of the spectrum where Mm -hmm. I work with a lot of people who, you know, are referred via the NHS for type 2 diabetes. And, you know, they're told by the doctors, which I don't believe in, Mm -hmm. but they're told that they have to lose weight to improve their blood sugar. Actually, they don't have to lose weight to improve their blood sugar. They have to improve their eating habits to um, improve their blood sugar levels. And then you work with a lot of more people who are, have a disordered relationship with food. So it's encouraging them to eat more. And I'm kind of helping people educate themselves about what foods to eat and mm-hmm. how to incorporate exercise and, you know, hydration and mindfulness and sleep and stuff. But we all get to the same goal. So like, even though we start on kind of like opposite ends of the spectrum, like we all meet in the middle. And what that mm-hmm. middle is, is kind of this, you know, this holistic health, you know, focus on nutrition and other facets of wellness. So like I said, sleep and stress and things like that, but how we get there looks really different for everyone. Um, and sometimes it, it doesn't happen overnight. So we need to, you know, you need to have realistic goals. You need to have realistic expectations, but you won't get anywhere if you're just focusing on the number and the scale, whether that's to restrict, whether that's to lose weight, whether that's to gain weight, like you need to focus on behaviors I was going to say, you might not actually get anywhere either if you're just focusing on the food. Mm. You know, you need to look at what your sleep pattern is like. And like Barry said, how hydrated you are. What's your movement like? Are you stressed? What are your personal relationships like? These can all have an effect on things like inflammation in the body, which has a knock-on effect on so many different things. So by just trying to alter your lifestyle through your diet, there might be another element to it that's having a really big impact that you haven't thought about or identified. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think the thing that we can definitely agree on is that 
having a weight loss goal is not a good route mm-hmm. and having a health goal is a better way. And like we said, when you have a health goal and you achieve your health goals, your weight will follow in and whichever never, direction it needs to go. Yeah. And I've never actually known anyone to reach their, in um, quotes, Quotations. How, yeah, health baby brain, um, to reach their kind of weight, goal weight, and then be like, okay, cool. I'm good here. It's never that easy. You can't just then get to this goal weight because then they're like, well, how the fuck do I maintain this? Exactly. You know? Or, oh, actually, maybe I'll lose a few more pounds just because I've got this far, you know? Right. So but you never actually have to get to that point if you're just, you know, improving those small habits to make your overall, you know, life a bit healthier because then that and when you reach your set point, all those kind of habits and all those behaviors are already part of your routine that it's never that what the hell do I do now? How do I maintain it? Because your maintenance is just your life. Mm-hmm. But you've built up that routine and you've changed your lifestyle in a way that suits your body. And now you're at your set point and now and now your body is ready to maintain because yeah. if, it, if it wasn't ready to maintain, it would tell you. And, and then, then working with you and not against you. Exactly. So, yeah, I think um, to, to, to be told by a doctor as well that you need to lose weight to improve your health is a very, very bad way that medical professionals tend to do that. Um, well, they, they have no idea on, you know, we unfortunately we're only given like 10 to 15 minute slots with a GP. They can't possibly know everything contributing to your well-being to then just sit there and say oh you need to lose some weight yeah exactly and it's it's very fat phobic as well for mm. you know people just to assume that all the issues that you have are just exactly. related to your weight and that if you fix your weight everything else will be okay and that's really not not how it works and I think um there's a lot of great medical professionals out there who are trying to educate others and kind of change that but you know, I do hear that a lot that, oh, I, I want to lose weight to improve my health. And I think that maybe we just need to flip the sentence around and it's, I need to improve my health and my weight will follow. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, yeah, I think that's the best way I can answer it. I, yeah, it, it, it is very difficult for me to believe in one thing, but then how to work in a way to suit my clients' needs in another way. And essentially we all get to the same goal But, you know, having that realistic, I just have to just trying to be a bit more accepting of others views and trying to work in a way that facilitates that journey when the client wants it. Does that make sense? No, completely. Because we want to be respectful of the fact that, you know, we are completely understanding and aware that people are unhappy in their body sometimes and they want to lose weight. And sometimes that might bring them happiness to lose a bit of weight. So like you said, we need to sometimes kind of take a step back and think, okay, we know what the research tells us. We know the right way to go, but how can we best work with this person to feel like they're getting the most out of the experience as well? And sometimes in the beginning when they start to lose weight, they find that really motivating. And then it clicks when they realize that actually they feel Mm -hmm. better and, you know, they have more energy and all of a sudden they're sleeping better and all of a sudden they're less stressed and they can play with their grandkids for longer. And there's other things that kind of like come together and it's not even about the weight anymore. Um, But sometimes in the beginning, it's not as easy to tell someone that when, you know, they've 
had a different sometimes they need to go on the journey it's like with exercise people might exercise purely to stay in shape or you know burn off calories or whatever but I've I've had so many people say now I used to exercise for weight loss and now I exercise because it makes me feel amazing and I feel stronger yeah yeah definitely and for me I I find the days that I exercise um which I am getting better at by the way I've noticed thank you um I find the days that I exercise I am so much more productive at work. Mm. Like I've now been able to like clearly see that um, where if I exercise in the morning, I, I just, I feel so much better throughout the day and I get so much more done. Yeah. I love, I mean, I wasn't able to work out first thing in the morning in my first trimester. Like it was an absolute no go, but I'd got into such a good routine of doing it in the morning. And I've just recently started doing only 20 minutes, but yeah, it just make it really does set me up for the day. Yeah, and everyone's different, but, you know, that the exercise is a really good analogy because I think it's, like, a bit less confronting for a lot of people yeah. where I think still nutrition and weight, like, it is still such, like, a, I don't know, not a combative situation, but, like... It can be sensitive. So, yeah, that's a much better way to say it. Sensitive, emotional, um, <laughs> yeah. where exercise seems to be a little less um, easier barrier to entry. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I think we answered those questions well, and hopefully we we touched on the ones that we didn't directly answer but um hopefully that was a well-rounded explanation yeah definitely fabulous second episode of the year yes jumping into 2021 well um but yeah that's it please please go pre-order forking wellness on amazon so soon soon, um on amazon barnes and nobles um i'm blanking on waterstones um I don't know. It's just Google it. It'll show up. Um, but it is <laughs> All the links are in be... both of our profiles on Instagram as well. Whether or not you're in the UK or the US, they are all there. Yes. And we're on a two week countdown, um, which is absolutely wild. And we are so excited and hopefully look out because we're hopefully um, setting up some exciting things on our page. Yes. We've got lots coming on our page, all um, exciting foodie nutrition related. So keep an eye out and we will see you guys next week bye guys Bye. thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the forking wellness podcast as always please rate review and subscribe and share with your friends and family or anyone that you think this episode might be helpful to it really does help us get seen in the charts please go follow us on instagram at forking wellness and pre-order our book either on amazon.co.uk or barnesandnobles.com